I'm Andrew. I'm Jack. And welcome back to the Weeks of Cinema. It's horror in April month. Or I should say, horror in April. 3D! It is technically the third one. You yeah, can, that's why I added 3D onto it. You can, you, you can figure out what the D stands for later on. But, <laughs> what? to kick off horror in April. Okay. <laughs> horror in April, by the way, we have horror in April for a very special reason. Well, originally, it was... Not intentional exactly to be something that special. I, it, uh, if you go back to uh, April of, of uh, 2015, uh, pretty early on when we started this uh, podcast, um, there was one we, there was one time where I just didn't think of uh, a main topic to to talk about. So I just remembered I had just seen uh, a number of horror movies, uh, and then uh, you had also seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time. So we just talked about them. Right. And it made for an interesting podcast in part because, for one thing, we hadn't seen these movies before. But also, um, they had some good music. So I liked uh, putting together the little music cues at the beginning. Yeah, for some reason, you really like Goblin. So Yeah, I can't help. Well, but also, it's halfway now until Halloween. Right. And that's the main reason we do it. Because, you know, we have our fun. We, we dig into horror in every October because it's around Halloween. But, you know, why can't we have that feeling in the spring why can't we have nicer why can't we have nicer things andrew exactly and speaking of nicer things we're talking about the void or aka my nickname for donald trump um so (laughs) sorry i was i was trying to do a badum tish but i missed my sound i didn't hear about this uh this movie until a friend uh just posted the trailer on a chat okay yeah because i was gonna say i think i had maybe heard of it vaguely before but you told me about this first yeah and so you just you just saw the trailer yeah and i thought it looked really interesting it was certainly uh hearkening back to john carpenter and the thing oh yeah God, we'll, we'll get into that um it harkens, it, well, harkens back to a lot of things yeah we're gonna t- uh we're gonna talk about how many things exactly but i thought since you know we're doing horror in april let's start with a horror movie review yeah and this is also a new release so if you uh whether you know whether you want to uh whether our review uh inspires you or not uh the movie is now currently available on demand uh on itunes and uh uh, YouTube and uh, other places, and I actually was lucky because I got uh, a chance to see it on the big screen at the Alamo Draft House, right? Which I thought would be, you know, the best way to see this. And I didn't see the trailer, so I was going in relatively blind. I was just going in, you know, okay, show me what you got, movie. You're a madman. I'm fine you, with you that. Just, I... You just took my advice blindly and didn't even question it. You were just like, "Yep, Andrew, great idea. Let's let's go." Yes, because you have such terrible taste that I always just take uh, your word for it. Just surrender to the void. <laughs> take yes. Andrew's advice. But anyway, The Void is a movie. It's about a... There's a sheriff named Danny. He finds a guy crawling through the woods, drives him to a semi-abandoned hospital, which is closing down, and soon the hospital is surrounded by white-hooded figures who 
are not trying to break in, but they're trying to make sure nobody gets out. Well, they're well, they have knives and they are very lethal and dangerous. Um, the way knives are. Yeah, I mean they're they're in white robes. Um, they're not, you know, but but and yet whenever they you see them, it's very cult like. You know, it's almost like everybody's in the same formation, almost as if they're robotic in some way. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, right, but, but it's a very weird thing. You know, we, there's the, that stereotypical notion of a cultist in robes, like wearing a Snuggie. Yeah. And, you know, just, you know, standing around and chanting. These, culti- these cultists look very unique. Well, it's the triangle. Yeah, they got a triangle on their face. Like, their whole face is covered over. They're all in white. Yes. And it's like they've, they've tapped into that same vibe. Whoever designed these these guys and made those costumes did a great job. Because yeah, sure. Because th- they made something that look going to look, that's going to make this movie look unique. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is... Uh, the, the most unique part of this, though, uh, I should mention that the other thing that happens when they're in this hospital... Is that like the like John Carpenter's the thing? Um, characters just start becoming these grotesque creatures, which have a little bit of their original like features, like their heads, yeah. and then the rest of it is gigantic, amorphous tissue blobs. and bone, tissue and bone, and disgusting as hell. And the 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 effects were probably my favorite part of this movie. Hmm. The imp- the effects are. I, I'm not going to compare Carpenter and this. No, no, no. no. That's, well, that's not fair. But, well, it's. But they in do, some ways you can't help it. Right. I, s- certainly, that there are tentacles flailing all over the place. It's clear it's that the, it's messy. clear that the effects people on this movie. And I looked it up, and actually, one of the directors on this um, <clears throat> came from an from an FX background. Jeremy Gillespie. Or the other guy, um, Steven. I think it was Steven Kostansky. Kostansky. He ha- he has more movies. He actually has a movie I wanted to bring up to you when I looked it up. He directed a movie a few years back called Manborg. Let me just read this uh, this, this plot summary. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hear the plot summary for the movie by Steven Kostansky, Manborg. Yes, the, the one and only Manborg. The evil Count Draculon and his army of demons have conquered Earth, but the young soldier who lost his life in the first war against Hell has reawakened in the future as Manborg! Together with a crew of post-apocalyptic rebels, the half-man, half-machine hero will fight to defeat Draculon and take back the planet. That doesn't sound bad. <laughs> it, I mean, sounds it, like sound... Some, it sounds like something that a 12-year-old would come up like... In like his notebook, like while he's not paying attention in class, mm. but it could be fun. It doesn't. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> it doesn't sound bad either. Yeah. It. it, it... Now, no, I guess. But the thing about the Gillespie and Kostansky wrote this film too. Yeah, they wrote and directed they, they, by them. Co-directed, co-written, and it's. Uh... Well, I, well, I wanted to say about the effects, but just to get that out of the way, like the reason why I like it so much is because it's all practical. Uh, mm. If there is CGI, I missed it. Like to me, what it's I love—it's not obvious. I yeah, it, you feel like, oh, these things are really there, and also the way that the the lighting is done in the movie, uh, they're able to cover up uh, possible if there are any deficiencies in the creature designs or in the the in the in the suits or or whatever they put together as their uh, FX uh, or whatever. 
the it, it makes it look fairly realistic. So those parts, and there are also some real. There are some moments where the atmosphere is really chilling, especially early on. Like there's this one moment where this uh, the the sheriff walks into this room and this nurse it has a scalp, pair of scissors. Yeah, in this in this person's eye. And you see the the scissors being slowly drawn out, yeah. And then you get the reveal of this nurse whose face is, is like almost she's clawed off her own face, the, the the skin of it, I should mean. You know what's great about this is not a spoiler because this happens in the first act of the film. Yeah, well, that's why I just the very interesting yeah. thing about that scene is everything. At the beginning, we've had some violence. Yeah. And again, yeah, the very opening of the movie is pretty violent. Yeah. And then a man runs out into the forest. He gets picked up by the sheriff. Yeah. And then things run along at a fairly leisurely pace. We, well, meet, leisurely we, meet, we meet the characters. We get a sense of who they are and what their relationships are to each other. And, uh, you know, everyone's wondering, you know, what's, what's this guy's deal? They sedate him. They lock. They put him in the hospital room. They handcuff him to the to the bed. Yeah. And you know, people are having conversations and little conversations, and then uh, moving around. All of a sudden, a man walks into a room and finds a nurse stabbing a man in the eyes yeah. with scissors. And it's like hard left turn. Yeah, <laughs> that know? was probably also it's, one of the best. It's very easily, abrupt, but still one what, the, a, one a pretty the cool moment. One of the best, if not the best, uh, creepy, scary moment in the movie. Yeah. Say. Um, but what you, but you were about to say something before I, you're about to say something about this movie. There, uh, I forgot what it was. Okay. All right, let's keep going. All right. Well, so, but basically you, this is kind of a siege movie, so to speak. In you know, a way it, it's a siege movie, but also it's this kind of. Because for all, for, in some part, you could say that these hooded figures outside, they're creating a bit of a zombie scenario. In a way. People are stuck in this situation. They can't leave. Um, there's also, as far as influences, the thing is this movie, and I'll, I'll get in a little more in depth into this, it's not just Carpenter. There are a lot of influences, especially if you know where to look, like yeah. Lovecraft, yeah. for example, or Clive Barker uh, with Hellraiser, or uh, Lucio Fulci. And even with, George Romero. Oh, obviously, George I, Romero. For God's sake, someone's watching... Night of the Living Dead on their television. Oh, can I just talk about that for a second? This is a pet peeve. I was telling this to Corey after Go ahead. leaving the movie. Alright, this is where... I'm going to sound really nitpicky, but... Go ahead. They show... You you see a tiny little bit of the movie on the screen. Which is not unusual, because the movie's public domain, so they can show it in any movie they want. But you see a little bit of the beginning of the movie. Like, when the characters are getting out of the car to when go to the cemetery. When Barbara and her brother are in the cemetery. Yeah, and then, like, you're... Then the char- like there are a couple of characters who are talking on screen for like thirty seconds or something, and then I overhear dialogue from the movie that's from the end of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, they went from the very beginning of Night of Living Dead to the, like you overhear them say like, "Oh, they're all messed up." They're you know that that line near the end where they're hunting down all the zombies. Oh yeah, now that you mention it, they do kind of skip around it. Maybe it was a condensed version, like a Reader's Digest version <laughs> of. Uh, Living Dead. Somebody had their finger on like the fast forward on the DVR, and I, I again I know it's a small thing, but it I was like, oh, come on! If you're gonna do that, at least just play the scene out. Don't, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, no, there are Romero things obviously going on. I don't, I don't really think consider this a siege film necessarily, because it does have the the elements of a siege film. 
there are these cultists outside the hospital, and they are preventing everybody from leaving. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the thing is, it's not about the siege. Because the cultists aren't trying to get in, like the zombies right. in Night of the Living Dead. They serve the narrative purpose of keeping everybody from leaving I'm, the hospital. Right, let me the framing of it is kind of a siege. Because they're in this place, they can't get out, they can't reach out into the outside world. Um, and yeah, yeah. then there becomes a lot of other things that do happen. So I don't want to make it seem like it's just a, we have to be in here and survive. It's also about kind of exploring what happens when we keep going down and down and down what, when we get further and further inside the hospital which is where the real substance of the film lies yeah and so it, so it becomes much more of a of a sort of body horror uh kind of just i don't want to say haunted house because that seems a little too simplistic I, well the thing is though of this movie the influences are coming from this way and that way and that way. And then it also it, it also has like an interdimensional element, I guess you could say. That's the Almost Lovecraft. the science fiction part of it. Yeah. It's and I think we've just hit on it on on it right there. I don't think this is necessarily a problem, but it does it does create some issues in trying to explain the movie. There are so many influences and so many elements put in. They all seem to make a pretty cohesive whole. Which I enjoy. It's just hard to describe what uh, what exactly. You could talk about what's in the film. It's hard to discuss what its theme is. I would say that you you make an interesting point, but actually that I it does kind of lead a little bit to a problem for me that the filmmakers here they clearly love their influences. Yes, and they're wearing them on their sleeve. It might also be possible for me watching the movie that they might have smoked a lot of weed while they were coming up with this idea. Yeah. Uh, there's some really crazy things. To me, again, the movie looks really good. And again, I've talked about the effects, which were really sharp and creating a look for the film that was, you know, that, that gets you into the into the place. But I didn't feel like they did the work that needed to be done on the script. Yeah. The, the characters, to me, are just not... They're not interesting enough for me to care about. The characters aren't particularly deep. I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say that. I think the biggest flaw for the script is really the dialogue. Well, there is As, some, there's some pretty hackneyed dialogue. Especially uh, when we're going... When we get into the middle of the film. Yeah, and beyond. I, I don't mind too much later on, because there's so much excitement going on in the, in the last half of the there's in the intrigue. last third of the film and there, there's so much stuff going on i was more interested in that than i was in what everybody was saying but the other part of it too it's the characters not being as interesting a lot of them are just types and the actors they they could they aren't bad necessarily but they're not given enough to do like to go back to the thing for a second which again i can't help it because this has certain parallels to that it's a body horror movie set in this one location um, in that movie, you, 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 not the most developed characters in the world, but I felt for them more. It seemed like there was more personality and there was more going on that got me invested in whether or not they you, were You saw or them not. working together You a saw lot. them also working together. The characters in this movie are often yelling at each other and being kind of mean and obnoxious. Or they're especially helpless, like the... The Asian girl who just spends most of the movie like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. The character Kim. Do you know who played Kim? 
She looked familiar. She's Ellen Wong. She was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah. She was Knives right. Chow. Oh my god. She's the only actress I recognized in this film. Yeah, there aren't real... The, the cast is... This is an independent horror movie, we should mention. It's not released by a major studio. That might be why it's not getting released in the way that you might see other horror movies get released. It's being released more in this on-demand, slightly under-the-radar way. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention with the script is that as we could talk, there is, there's kind of a mythology, I feel like, that the filmmakers are trying to maybe make here, uh, between, um, what's going, why these people are in the danger they're in, like, who these white hooded figures are, how mind control becomes involved in it sometimes, and then maybe not other times, and then how it also... I don't know if I'm... This is exactly a spoiler. But it eventually leads up to a particular female character becoming especially in peril. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. But I feel like the mythology was a little half-baked, though. It needed a little bit more work also in that area where there are, like, two monologues in, by villains in the movie. There's, like, this doctor who's kind of talking to this woman who's kind of on this gurney explaining some things and then later in the climax of the movie a character kind of lays out a little more concretely what's the what the real plan is right that why these people have been uh what what why he's why that character has been doing what he's doing yeah but it's still it was a little too late in a way and also it just it seemed like some of the mythology was a little inconsistent again about who was getting controlled in their minds and then who could get like sometimes you would have characters that they, they they they're kind of given visions of things that they really want. Uh, do you, am I making sense there? I understand what you're saying. Go on. Yeah, and like, but then like it, but ultimately, what the villain's goal is, it seems like there's a lot that's overcomplicated to what his real goal is to get to. I don't think that's an issue because I don't think. I think. What's important about this film is that you don't have to explain everything in detail. No, we don't have to explain all of it, but you need to explain a little bit. This movie almost there are feels, some unclear things. This Why? movie feels almost afraid of explaining things, even in just like I don't know, not to say a dump, but let's say for example, if they had given, if maybe they had given a little bit of the explanation to that like hyper. He's not a junkie guy, but he's the one who's like, ah, da, 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 da. you know what I'm talking about? Uh, that I forget the character's name, but he's the one who's found in the woods. I don't. I'm, he did have a name. But they just uh, mentioned it once. I know, I know. But but I don't think that's important very much because the I think the film I think the void is allowing its audience to take a lot of things for granted. Huh. I mean, if. This is kind of where your knowledge of horror films and, and horror influences come into play. Because if you can recognize certain tropes, if you recognize certain themes, then you can really, un- then I think it's possible to intuit what's going on. Yeah. But I, I, I enjoyed that a lot because more, it wasn't so much focused on explaining how did this happen? How is this person able to do this? What is what we do get is what is the ultimate plan Hmm. and i understand that and that's enough for me i can fill in the gaps myself 
Okay. I, and there is now one thing I will say where you have a good point yeah. is that you don't necessarily understand why certain other characters do what they do when they do. Yes. There is this implied control that yes, that exactly. the main villain has over yeah. them, but that's never fleshed out, and it's and it, it's it, hard it, to tell why people do things when they do them. It feels more like it's done for the convenience of the story as opposed to it being a little more organic to, again, th this... They're creating this very... They're trying to create this unique backdrop of... You know what? Because it's it again. It's it's hard to explain exactly what the threat is initially. Like because these again, we could say that well, there are these guys in these white hooded robes and triangles. And but the then we have the two. Thing. But then we have the two men who we see at the beginning of the film. Are they the threat that we're talking about? And then we get further and further into the hospital after the hospital is surrounded. And it's like, well, what's going on with all these monsters? Yeah, and. You have all these threats, and I think that works to the film's advantage because you have so many threats coming from places, and it's unclear. They're... Eventually, in the end, it comes together. And in the middle, even though the dialogue is kind of creaky and rusty... Yeah, it's pretty bad. It, uh, you, you understand that there is this sense of menace that could come from anywhere, even though the cultists aren't trying to get in, yeah. even though you don't see the monsters, but you don't also, but you also don't know how they got there in the first place, yeah. and you don't understand what the main villain is trying to do, but you understand he's doing something. Yeah, well, it's I appreciate that the filmmakers, they there are some parts of this movie that are really weird. Right. We, I'll just say that up front. There are some very weird touches to this movie. Great weird touches, I say. Some are neat. Um, there are also times that, sorry, I'm messing with my phone a little bit. It's a little, un uh, anyway, um, for, for example, but then they do things like they'll cut to shots of like clouds rolling in the sky and that just, I don't know, that didn't work. But those aren't, well. those aren't the sky above the people. That's a vision. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, again, it, it's. There, there's an element here where the style is really strong. I'll grant you that, but because again, going back to when you say that you know you have all these threats happening, and, you, and there, there's a lot of danger that's shown in characters having to try to get out of uh, scenarios, even just little things. Uh, probably the most effective one for me was just early on when they were trying to get to the cop car outside to get the shotgun. That was exciting. Yeah, that had some basic stakes and that is also and that's a callback in a way to night of the living dead when they have to go out and get that truck yeah well yeah, it, <laughs> yeah and you know it plays out it act, and you know but it's not a direct reference because it plays out much differently yeah. than it did in that earlier film i just it i don't know it just didn't really i because i again going back i know i'm sound, repeating myself but because i just didn't really care about anybody in the film, it was harder for me to get invested when there was real threats to them and real danger. Um, ex except maybe for Ellen Wong, but like even she, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. I I'm I'm a little mixed about this movie, is what I'm trying to say. Like I don't hate it or anything, but I feel like the it, at, at times it almost maybe feels like these filmmakers are a little too impressed with their imagery and without some of the context of where some of those images came from. I mean, but I take this film over I take this film over a lot of new horror films and a lot of old horror films. Oh really? Yeah, I mean I, I get I, 
maybe it comes more down to me being able, being more comfortable with the unexplained parts of it. Maybe it comes, maybe it's about me recognizing certain references and, and certain influences of this film, but I felt like this film was a lot more cohesive and had a much more compelling plot than a lot of things I've seen re- recently. Hmm. And especially when it comes to horror. I mean, horror sometimes it has a pretty low bar to clear a lot of times when yeah. you're putting something out, even in a theater. Mm-hmm. And this thing uh, cleared that bar and then some for me. Mm. In terms of imagery, in terms of general menace, in terms of wanting to know what was coming next. Yeah, I mean, no, there is a lot of mystery and intrigue set up. Um, and it, especially when there is, it's like, there is some really gross horror elements in this. Yeah. Um, so, so couple, how there's one moment that I did laugh, but that would get into the spoiler territory. Well, what, let's head into that. Let's, let's just wrap up our final thoughts and then let's move into the spoiler corner. Okay. Um, if this somehow, if this does, if this pops up on Netflix at some point, which it could, this seems like a movie that would be right at home with a lot of movies on netflix i don't think it's as good as a couple of the ones i've seen like hush uh but it it is but there certainly was more attention paid and i'm glad that like this is an example to show to people who complain like well we can just fix it in post you know we can just do that you know we, we don't have to worry about it now we don't have to worry about this blood no they really put in that work and they try and, they, and in that sense it the look and feel of it does harken back to those older movies that have kind of now been lost because horror filmmakers are relying on things. But at the same time, there are actually even little touches, though, in the style that also a little irk me. Like, occasionally the use of music uh, I found to be hit or miss. Sometimes it was effective and creepy. Other times, they would do the kind of horror movie trope where, like, you know, you see a character go behind somebody or walk behind somebody or a character enters into a room and you hear like loud music or especially when an attack was happening the music sounded especially loud and insistent um in a way that just distracted me um so i don't know if if, so if it shows up on netflix it's it's worth checking out but i wouldn't rush to like pay to see it on uh on vod Uh, again it's not bad it's just it it kind of let me down in terms of uh, the work in the script that need to be done more. Well, uh, I'm the opposite of you. I think this is definitely worth seeing. I mean, not just if you are a horror fan and you understand all these references. It's just solid throughout. Yes. It's well built. It does have some spots where it sags, but it's still pretty tight in terms of entertainment, in terms of scares, in terms of just horrifying things that happen. Okay. This is a really solid horror film, and if you get the chance to just see it on demand, see it. You don't have to rush out to the theater. It's getting a very limited theatrical release. I I don't even know. Like, the thing is that the Alamo, they played it literally twice right like one screen but on friday go on see Saturday. it go go see it in your what whatever on-demand service you have i don't think you'll regret it well for horror fans it, it, it's especially something that i guess is um because uh, sometimes there is a famine when it comes to having horror movies of quality uh hopefully this year there there are two examples of movies that have come out at least so far between split and uh, get out where 
One is not exactly a great movie. It might actually be kind of bad, but it was very entertaining. Get Out is a genuinely great movie. Um, this shows a different side of it. This is, again, more creature, more out-there horror for people who are, really are into the, the culty references. I just wish that there was a little more substance to the references that were there for me. Again, that's just me. Okay. All right, so now we're going to go into the spoiler territory. If you're... You haven't seen the film, you might want to skip this. But if you're cool, you might want to listen to what's going on after this if break. You, if you want to enter the void, you've got to enter the void. So, enter the void, void, void. Who are they? There is something calling them all here. I've seen this place before. Okay, spoilers. Yeah, yeah, spoilers. Okay, so this has kind of a uh, what do you call it? Like incubus uh, uh, element? Is that what you would call it? Like, no. Okay. Well, you're wrong. Uh, Already, you're with, wrong. All right. So there's a character in the movie who I believe we're is, we're spoilers now. You it, can say whatever you want. The sheriff is it his wife or is it another character who's about to have a baby? Uh, it's not his wife. His wife, uh, his wife lost his, lost a baby. Yeah, there is a young thing. girl who is pregnant in the hospital. Okay, okay. I was a little confused at first when I was watching it, but anyway. But she, she but you she, know, according to, most... according to Roger Ebert's, uh, little sim, uh, movie glossary, right. if a car- if a woman is pregnant in the beginning of the, of the film, she will give birth by the end. Yes. And boy, does she. Well, in the, well, the thing is for a lot of the movie... You know, it, it's the there is the danger there is okay. So the the doctor who would have uh, delivered this baby gets like a, a, a is now dead. Is basically not dead. He comes back later in the movie. That's one of the heart. That's one of the villain monologues that happens. Oh yeah. Um, in a very bizarre scene. Um, pretty. Uh, that was unexpected. I didn't expect that. <laughs> Well, the the payoff in that scene was a little unexpected, where she's sitting on the she's on the the table, and I was like, why didn't she just get up? And it's like, oh, right. oh, she's being used for the this uh, the for te- evil tentacle babies, evil tentacle babies from outer space. That could have been that's a title for a movie. It's evil- not a good title, but it, you sure? Yeah, I'll I'll make it someday. Um, but then yeah, so you're watching this girl, and the question is, all right, is she gonna die? Is what's gonna happen with this baby? And then in the last act of the movie, all of a sudden, she gets, like, controlled to come down to the lower level, where our main villain, who... How would you describe how he looks? He's like Skinless. a skeleton man? He has no skin. Yeah, he has no skin. He's basically... Like, imagine a person who has stripped the flesh off of their body. He's, well, he's By not, himself. But he's, not, but he's not just a skeleton, though. He has other muscle around his body. Yeah, I, um, he took off his skin. He took off his Muscle skin. Muscle is not the same thing as skin. No, it, but he has a unique look to him. Um, so he, the idea is he wants to live forever. No. No, he doesn't? I thought I, that, that... probably. But it's or, a, he or, wants to bring back his daughter. I thought that there was an immortality element. To there it. is, but, uh, but the whole impetus for this is him bringing back his daughter. Wait, let me just check this for a second. Is... Oh, Corey's not around. Never mind. She saw the movie with me. I thought I could double check with her. But, um, 
So the, this woman, this pregnant woman, she's going to be used as the vessel where he's going to put this spirit of his daughter into her, and that will be now in, be in the baby. Um, how they do that felt a little rushed. A little, but I yeah, don't a think... A too rushed. Cause... Like, but what do you want? Do you want them to say step by step how he's going to put the spirit of his daughter into a, into a pregnant woman's baby? No, no, it's not that. It's just... But how quickly it suddenly happens where she's spending most of the movie just on the floor like... Oh, man, man, man. All of a sudden she gets just stands up. And it's like... Kills like, her grandfather. Yeah. Talks has, crazy. Talks crazy. And go then down, goes, goes down to the basement. And uh, as we know from most horror movies, when you go down to the basement, bad things happen. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of chuckling to myself in the theater at the moment where the now the spirit's in her and the baby basically kills the mother. Yeah. Because it explodes out of her. Yeah. I just, I found that a little over the top. A little. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, for this movie... It was just kind of crazy how that happened. And in a way that felt like... I don't know if I wanted more of that in this movie, but it did. It kind of gave me a moment where I was laughing. And I wasn't sure if I was supposed to or not. Hey it was man, meant to be very scary. Whatever you think is funny is funny. But in that moment, yeah, like the fact that that baby finally, quote-unquote, gives birth. Uh, you know, she finally gives birth. And the, the it's not a baby... It's a it's thing a that's huge... like twelve feet tall and is the another giant walks monster. on all fours. Yeah, that was the part that like Okay, so that just happened. Uh, we're talking about, you know, evil magic rituals and stuff. Yeah. I I think we can give it some leeway here. But I kinda of, but what I wondered was so this is this guy's plan, in a way. This is really his plan is to bring back his daughter through this again, this woman is this vessel and for the baby. Why doesn't he just do that earlier? What do you mean? I don't know. Like, what what else was the rest of his plan? Was he just fucking with all these other people for this whole time to kill them off? Well, he... Because we don't know what his ultimate goal was until the end of the movie when he explains it. I mean, we're talking... Yeah, we don't know that. So what do you, so you're saying, why does he do everything else? Why does he bother yeah, to kill people or, and or, bring or, or to be Or to put it in this way... Using that mind control element that he's able to get into people's heads to make them do things like, for example, killing that woman early on with the the scissors in her eye. And other times where other murders happen because he gets into their heads and either makes them turn into uh, these creatures or... And also, that was another thing. Did that come from... Did they get into contact with blood or other... You know, they got too close to something. Yeah, it's kind of, it's again. This is this is a legitimate complaint. It's kind of vague how, he, how the doctor's his name is Richard. Yeah. How he controls people and why he makes them do and how he makes them do certain things. I mean, that nurse stabs a guy in the eye off screen, and we see her. And it's like, well, why did she do that? Why did it? Why did yeah. anyone want him to do that? It's a cool moment, but it lacks. Context. It lacks context. You know, There's it's like, a lot of things in this movie that feel I mean, like But basically, I, the way I figure it, that girl was in the hospital when the sheriff arrived. So definitely, Richard, the doctor, was building up to the ceremony that night. Yeah. Which is why all the hooded figures gather around the hospital. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. to prevent people from getting in and to prevent people from getting out. Yeah. 
So the fact that this junkie gets picked up by the sheriff and is brought into the hospital is basically just coincidence. Hmm. And why he makes the nurse do that thing, who knows? Yeah. But, you know, it does kind of kickstart the plot and make sure every make sure everybody knows that something weird is going on. Hmm. And it's I just and again, I don't understand exactly what it's for. And that's where the story gets kind of loose and sloppy. Well, it also it's, you know, again, so his uh, is it so it's not doc, so it's is it Dr. Richard or is it another form of him? That, it's him. Oh, it is him. Okay. He's the one who his daughter died back when yeah. he, several decades ago. Yeah. And he it really he devastated had, him and he searched for a way to bring her back, which is where all this magic and ritual comes from. And he had some kind of connection too with the sheriff's father. That's vague, but well, you know, also, I don't well think... that's well that's one of the tropes too that they keep bringing up that I found a little irksome too, where it's like your father would be ashamed of what you're doing here. That's that's kind of silly. Yeah, but, but his fa- mainly because his father doesn't factor into this no, story at all. It's the type of thing that you just kind of throw in because, well, he needs to have some. It, it wasn't enough that he had lost a baby with his wife. That could have been enough. Why not just make him a sheriff who knows what he's doing, and maybe he's a little bit shaky, but can. But anyway. I don't know if I'm saying a little, if I'm going, I, well, again, we're in the spoiler section, so I can say whatever, but again, a lot of these ideas with, again, with this whole, I'm going to put, bring back my daughter through this and some, I, I felt like there was a little bit more in terms of the immortality aspect than you're pointing out. I mean, that's part of it, but the whole reason he started doing this was because he wanted his daughter back. Yeah, but then, here's the, th- you know what, you know what could have been more interesting is if maybe like what if earlier in the film maybe there had been some hint that maybe he had already started that process or something with this woman that's there because she was in the hospital already the pregnant woman right right yeah what if because again she doesn't that that element finally doesn't really come until the last like 10 minutes of the movie where the baby finally comes and it's disgusting daughter creature thing um what if you had more uncertainty, like, if it was maybe a little bit of bringing another reference, maybe more of a Rosemary's Baby thing. Like, what if we don't know what this baby is going to be when it comes out? Eh, maybe. But I... I, don't I know, I'm just It is, in, it, I think it's implied that it is Richard's baby. Yeah. Because they never discuss who the father is, or and it's pretty much assumed that it's... She's she's bearing this baby out of wedlock, so you know, it it is what it is. I I know. Here's it's, my problem. Okay. Okay. So here's I, I'm willing to give this movie a lot. Yeah. You, now I can tell. this uh, Richard the doctor, Doctor Richard. Let's call him Doctor Richard. Yeah. He Doctor Dick. He he's lost his daughter, and he wants to bring her back through black magic. Yeah. And okay. That makes sense. That's that's a pretty pretty good motivation. And you know, you're a doctor, and you know, you, you try to find a way to do it. You, you convince people to help you because they've lost people. They want this sort of thing, and and you know, it's going to give you some sort of power. So okay, megalomania, fine. So <laughs> later on, though, when we find out he is still alive, and he's peeling off his skin and talking to the nurse yeah. who's lost this baby. 
later on, her husband comes and finds her and says, "I've gi-, and the doctor says, I've given her what she wanted. And here's the thing. She has tentacles coming out of her, her stomach, which are stuck to the wall. It looks like a spider web. It, it looks like snot octopus <laughs> has burst. A, an octopus blew its nose all over the room. Has, a, a, a snot octopus has burst out of her womb and strung its tentacles wherever snot the hell they... Octopus. And it's like, and and he says at that moment when we see that image, I finally gave her what she wanted. She she's a mother, and I'm like, who wanted this? Who? How in the hell is this you giving anybody anything? Yeah, exactly. I mean, because I understand you're a doctor. You've had a terrible loss. You want to do something. Your perception is warped. But no how shit. is this in any way a positive development? And then later on, like, we see him, and it's like, his flesh has been peeled off, you can see through his ribs, and he's emaciated. And then finally that pregnant woman gives birth to the daughter that he's implanted in her womb, and she's a hulking, four-legged pile of tissue and bone. And it's like, oh, I've I've lost my skin, and I have this monstrosity daughter. That's a (laughs) (laughs) win-win. And this isn't so much a problem with the movie, it's just this idea. It's this very strange thing. Like, who would think that this is good? Yeah. How, I this is, I think, a general problem with horror films. It's like, you have the evil genius who goes this far, and it's like, have you really taken a step back and looked at your situation? What are your values, sir? Yeah. (laughs) It's just a funny thing. That it's just like, if you really take a step back from this, if you're in this situation, and you've been... You know, maybe you have a certain interest in not looking too closely because you've been doing this for decades and killing people, and maybe this is the best you can get. But at what point do you say, you know, maybe this isn't worthwhile? (laughs) Well, I mean, in that scene where he comes in and finds his wife tentacled all over the place and he says to him, you know, I've given her what she wanted. I mean, my understanding in that scene was that was more of him screwing with him. True. But I think, but I think it fits in with this idea of he doesn't. This is a flaw in writing. Yeah, well, that's what I was talking about earlier <laughs> when I talk about when I was using the word mythology. I don't know if that's the correct word, but the rules of yeah. a movie. Like sometimes a movie needs to have certain, if not rules, at least guidelines. And those guidelines have to be s- s- consistent. Yes, even if you don't, as you said, explain things like. A movie that came to mind, actually, in a weird way after seeing this movie, and I think this is a much better movie than The Void, is Under the Skin. That's a movie that also doesn't explain anything. Right. Like, you just, alright, this is Scarlett Johansson, playing on this woman's skin, goes around, finds guys, all of a sudden we cut to this space where she's walking backward and guys are taking off their clothes about wanting to have sex with her. They dip down into this black liquid... Okay, in a weird way, by not that doesn't explain anything, but I almost like that more because there you're really just letting me have an experience. In the void, they're not explaining some things, 
But then they're explaining other things that then make things a little more complicated. But you don't have. But you also don't have that character saying that like one thousand years ago. No, no, a man, no, 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 no. That, you, know, that, that's you don't. Fine. You don't have. That's what this film doesn't have, which is good. It doesn't have like grand exposition dumps. I'm, it just has these monologues where you do get an understanding of what of what the villain is doing. I don't see that as inconsistent. It's just we don't. I think the problem is is that we don't understand the rules. Yes. The rules can't be consistent. We can't see the rules as consistent if we don't know what they are. Exactly. And that's the, and that's the problem with hear. the possession and the mind control. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, okay. I, now I'm starting to get an idea of what you're talking about. When I was saying, about. yeah, I should have worded it better earlier when I say yeah. college. Yeah! You oh, should have yeah. done everything better, Jack. <laughs> everything can always be done better. Um, the very last scene of the movie. That was weird. That is a direct reference to the Beyond. Yeah, it was. And God, I love the Beyond. I hate the Beyond, but really? even I recognize that reference. Yeah, where they're suddenly the yeah the, the Beyond is are... stupid. The yeah, Beyond is awesome. It is not. <laughs> We're just disagreeing. The Beyond the right is today. dumber than. S screw it. What's that? What's that Italian horror? Zombie. Oh. oh I no, hate no, both no. of those films. Oh, zombie's not as. Zombies dumber than the Beyond. I disagree. The Beyond does not have a scene where a zombie fights a shark. <laughs> I mean, at least that I mean, maybe was... I should watch the Beyond again. Maybe I no. Maybe another... You don't have. <laughs> but that last scene, I yeah, that's a reference to the Beyond, and it's this moment where the the the, the sheriff is reunited with his uh, wife, I guess, and they're now out in, in the void. Yeah, I guess that is the void, isn't it? And it yeah. just kind of ends. I, but that even the title, the void, is just like the beyond. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're just. I I didn't even notice. I mean, I've seen the beyond. I don't like it, but I understand it. All right. Uh, and I didn't understand how many references and how much style was taken from the beyond until that last shot. Mm. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is exactly like the beyond. And then I realized all these sort of mon monstrous corpses. All the all, right. all this sort of reanimating of the dead and the gore that's taken right from Lucio Fulci's play. Here's a question: Do the references kind of get in the way of this movie having its own identity? No, because they're not always they're not direct visual references. <clears throat> I there is one scene that's a lot like Night of the Living Dead. There are but, scenes in here that feel that are just right out of the thing. They might as well have like a dog. Uh, <laughs> I but that's the but it doesn't but that doesn't mean it has the same visual aesthetic as Not the thing. Quite, no. I ain't sure, sir, more handheld. I ain't, there's handheld. a woman whose eyes and mouth are tentacles whipping around. Those look a lot like they're from the thing, but it's not shot in the bright light that mm. the thing was. I mean, the thing is a great movie. Its special effects are great because it doesn't rely on that blinking light in the darkness monster look that this has. Now, not that that's bad, but, you know, the thing was so confident in the special effects, and they were so well done, that you could mm. fill it in, film it in full light, and they were, yeah, well, and they held yeah. up. Well, that's why I mentioned earlier that, I'm not saying that, that this that, movie needed, that this movie has some creative lighting, because maybe if it wasn't full light, you would see more of the scenes or something. Right. And I understand that. Yeah, obviously. I'm not, it's gonna, it's, I'm not choice. criticizing the movie for doing that, I'm just saying... This does this takes cues from the thing, but it doesn't look like the thing. It mm. takes cues from Night of the Living Dead, but it doesn't look like Night of the Living Dead. It looks a lot more like the Beyond 
because it has a similar setting. You know, Beyond had a hospital. This had a hospital. Uh, not all the time in the Beyond, but still, there were hospital scenes in there. Yeah. And it, it has a similar sort of gore aesthetic that the Italian horror films did. Yeah. Uh, but it still looks like itself. Yeah. The, what, the what, what might have also helped me a little bit to like this movie a little bit more, if maybe it had a touch of humor, even if it was like dark humor, the movie's kind of humorless. It is. We could say, like, for example, in the, to go back one more time, The Thing, uh, and this will be the last time, like, there, it's a pretty serious movie, but there are a couple of times I laughed. Like, there's that moment where everybody's tied up, uh, you know, and they're doing the blood test, and then you have, like, the one guy who does turn yeah. into The Thing, and then, like, the character says, would you mind, please, untying me from this fucking couch? Yeah. Or like, there's like, or Kurt Russell, he's been, he's been locked in outside for a long time and he's just got like icicles in his beard yeah. and his mustache. I mean, not I don't pre- know if I found that funny. I, I, I find that amusing. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> but little things like that could have carried me a little bit more in this movie. Like if maybe just had a touch of humor. I understand that it, you need to have a, a little, serious tone. A little humor. A little charm. A little humor goes a long way. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... It, this film could have benefited from some more humor. I, uh, you're absolutely right. I think, I, but that's sort of an omission. You can't re- necessarily. I can't really. I don't feel comfortable judging a film by what it doesn't have. What well, I will no, say, but, well, I'm, I'm bringing it up as a thing that could have improved it for me. That's all. Okay. The uh, the thing that I find at fault with its writing is okay. A, I, a lot I, of cliches. Being I'm gonna talk. I'm people. gonna I'm gonna talk about a very specific sort of thing. Okay toward in like towards the middle of the film those two guys we see from earlier yeah the father and the son mm-hmm. they run into the hospital they fought their way through these cultists and they just walk in they're just very one well one guy doesn't talk at all because his his he's pretty traumatized because his throat has been injured oh i, I he pointed to that. a bandage on his neck oh yeah, but yeah, here's yeah. the thing and then the other guy is and, just a and, nasty bastard and then there's like a scuffle and it's like oh people try almost get killed and then they fight a monster. But then, even after things calm down, nobody asks them the question, who are you and what are you doing here? Yeah. Well, I, I got <laughs> which, where... Which I is, it's I the question. I got where the guy who couldn't talk was from. The, he, his family maybe had been killed. Right. But I didn't know who the other guy was. He just seemed like an, an asshole. To, yeah. But I mean, even... like, But you have these two people here who have come all this way through these cultists and they're chasing after that that junkie who the, he brought into the hospital and nobody gets the line at least wondering why they're here like mm. i this may be some like simple dungeon and dragons <laughs> sort of role playing here but it's just like you don't ask them why they're here you don't ask them what they're doing you don't ask them what they want well, well, to go back I, to something even like, if they uh, even if they sorry. ask that question and they don't answer and they're just like mind your own business, yeah, you know, at least someone would have asked the question. It felt it felt like such a weird omission. Well, that's the kind of it's like it's a nat- I, it's a question that I wanted to ask the screen. Well, that's the kind of thing that I mentioned when I talk about the work on the characters to make us care that we know where they're coming from and have some sense. We kind of know where the sheriff is coming from. Even though that comes with the your father would be disappointed in you cliche. I know, um, but we get him. We identify yeah, with him. Yeah, no, we we can identify with him. But then, yeah, that one, the two guys that come in, like when you talk about, we brought up Romero and Night of the Living Dead. We know who everybody in that farm is, and we even 
get to have an, a little bit of an experience of knowing where they're coming yeah. from. Yeah, what's the name of that the black guy who comes in? His name is Dwayne or something? Well, no, the actor is named not, Dwayne Jones. Oh, sorry. But, um, you know, Dwayne Jones, he's not at the film in the film at the beginning, but he comes in to that farmhouse and meets Barbara, who we've been with for the beginning. Yes. And eventually he explains himself, and then we understand, And that makes oh. for a great story, too. You actually, It's very vivid, the way that he describes it, too, how he got you know he experienced this for the first time yeah and we do learn a little bit more about these two characters as we go along it's just that it seems so weird that that these guys are so determined in getting in and then finally nobody seems curious about their entire reason for being there well they almost seem i guess it's kind of an maybe the thought was well we'll have some misdirection People might think they're the villains of the story because I, but at the clearly, beginning we see them burn a woman alive. I but clearly once they come in, we realize they're not with the cultists because they're not wearing hoods. Yeah, yeah of course. They're they're, sur- they're trying to survive. I, if like they're, if else. we were trying to keep that sort of suspense going, they kind of ruined it as soon as they re-entered the film again. Yeah, you know, know. that's that's basically a nitpick at this point. It nah. doesn't affect how much I enjoyed the film. It's just a weird sort of that's fine, you know, thing. Um, I, I'm still a little more weirded out by how non-reflective that doctor was. <laughs> no. Well, maybe that goes. Maybe there's some element of Lovecraft. I mean, once, too. once, once, once my forbidden desires require me to remove a large section of my skin, I like to think that I would reassess my values at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's wrap. That's this just up. me. Let's wrap this up. What, what, I, we've already talked about our. We've already talked. We're ta- about we sort of did review. talk about our final thoughts. I. Yeah, well, talking about yeah, the end. I at the, it's funny at the very end of the movie when the crowds are starting to come up. Somebody next to me was like, "Well, that was a crazy movie." <laughs> they just said it really loud and clear, and I kind of turned the corner. I was like, "Well, that happened." Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I again, I went into this as I said earlier without any expectations. And in some ways it impressed me, and in other ways it let me down. In a weird way, why I said to Corey, and this might sound like a, a, a put-down, but if I had seen this movie like on the Sci-Fi Channel, I would think it was like one of the like probably the best Sci-Fi Channel movie ever made. I that's if that's a weird that is a super low bar. <laughs> you could say. If I if I saw the Beyond on the Sci-Fi Channel, that would have been the best Sci-Fi movie ever made. All right, you basically just said this this film is better than Poop. No, you no, know? no, no, no. I I know that a lot of Sci-Fi Channel movies are garbage. This isn't garbage. I just no. This is just. The, but there is an element to it that's like a B movie. I disagree. I uh, there are films that. I think are above average, but they're not great. This is one of those. It's okay. like, it's like, I would if I was on a five star rating rating scale, I this would barely reach a four, but I'd feel comfortable saying it's a four. Wow. Okay. Well, for me, it it's in some ways it is above average in the technical aspects. In the substance, it's not above average. It, and again, I might sound like I'm an old nitpicky crank and. Send your emails to wagesofcinema at gmail.com if you think so. Uh, so <laughs> I, was, I was trying to transition and I couldn't figure out a way. But it's it's okay. That's what I'm going to say. It's alright. If you watch it 
Especially if you're a big horror fan. That's especially the people who are looking probably to watch this movie. I don't think the average person even knows this movie exists. But if you're looking around for horror movies, I actually would say this is okay. Like I said, I'm not... I might seem like I'm really down on it with my sci-fi channel movie comment. That was my initial reaction when I first got out of the theater. Now I'm trying to... And you brought up some good points too, I'll, I'll be fair. Um, but I still think it has legitimate script issues that just got to me more because I've just seen so many movies like this and because the movie can't help but remind me of those movies that's another thing but um but yeah you know if you need a horror movie to watch in April go check it out and you can again send us your comments to facebook.com slash wages of cinema and twitter.com slash wages of cinema if you want to let us know if you've seen the void and Want to let us know that we're voids? Or, You're a void, Jack. Or if, or if we're devoid. <laughs> I'm just, uh, that's really bad. I was trying to work in that word somewhere. It didn't quite work. But Alright, so, on behalf of myself... Oh, and, and by the way, we should mention that we're going to try to do more of this this month. Yeah. As far as talking about some horror movies. This is just the first part. We're going to come back and talk about more horror movies in April, because... We like horror movies, and we're going to try to watch more this month and share them our thoughts with you on it. That's right, Jack. Because we do that. We share our thoughts. Right. So, on behalf of myself and Jack, I'd like to say that the wages of cinema is death, sometimes by tentacle monster. <laughs> good good night. night. And good day. This isn't the end. Statistically, you're more likely to die in a hospital than anywhere else.